Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to The Scoop. This is Winfrey Burns, your host, and we are ready for another great show. I hope you are too. Fasten your seatbelts and buckle up. Tonight, we're our second chances. We're going to talk a little Donald Trump. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about business and anything else. So go ahead and pull out your phones and text your friends and let them know it's time for the scoop. But before we do that, let me say what's up to my co-host, Ms. Takesha Booth. How you doing, Keisha? Oh, <laughs> I'm amazing. So you told me don't sing to you no more, so I'm not gonna sing. No, I just said change the song. Oh, okay. All the songs that they got with my name, and it should be easy to change the song. Right. That's true. Yeah. But you doing good? Yes, I'm wonderful. Yes, I was. Laughing at my bait and switch posts on Facebook. These people are hilarious. But, mm-hmm. I'm See, I was like, oh my. Like, I thought I said, oh my. I wasn't going to touch that one. You ain't going to get me in trouble. Mm-mm, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Q, how you doing? I am good. I am good. Sending my son yeah, and his good. team all the inner, all of the energy for a good game tonight. You, you, you don't want y'all to know you don't be sitting no bait and switch either. You don't have no, any doing all that. Mm. You know, I don't do that back and forth where I had energy for that. <laughs> I don't do that. Y'all you know, don't do that you know much goes, look, better than I do. <laughs> look, you know what I was thinking? I'm like, somebody about to get it because they're going to send that. Yep, see? Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting on them to come and be like, yeah, girl, so that's what's up. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. No, nah, no, nah, I already told you what it is. Mm-hmm. Somebody going to get it. Somebody going to get it. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead. Before we get in the show, y'all know how we do it real quick. Let's.
read um, what they what is available on their qualifications. I, I can't get caught up in the the uh, the mud slinging part of it. I mean, even though a lot of the mud is um, it's like so when I watch Trump and I think about mud slinging, I think he just likes to roll in his own like a pig. Um, honestly, because he's making it too easy, he's, and and this whole situation to me is just mud, like pigs playing in dirt, and we just got to decide which one is less dirty. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Okay. I I am I'm probably the one who kind of like you know this is yeah it was just bad. Let me just I'm just gonna really bad. Really bad. That's all it was. It was just really bad. And my, not forget the the language barrier. It was the implicit cover up of your husband's actions that kind of threw me. Like she she her response was it was just like locker room banter. It didn't uh-huh. mean anything. I'm like really that's it didn't mean anything. Oh, you know, he didn't, I know that's not the type of person he is, so I forgive him. Like, dude, do you, ma'am, do you know what your husband just said? And not even so much forget the fact of what he just said, but like, excuse me, not just the fact of what he just said, but you do know that, like, he kind of meant what he said. That's the part that now, he right like, this dude Right before we went online, I saw um, where they were talking about this this actual um, story. And they were saying that if she would have gone out, if she would have come out and said what her true feelings might have been, then that could have been totally damning for his campaign. And they compared that to when Bill Clinton had his situation and they were thinking about his long game, you know, political career and how her coming to his defense and then in the way that she did and all of that, how it boosted his campaign. And they said, regardless of how we as women, because it was primarily women, I believe, on this particular panel, regardless of how we as women may feel in that position, there's still a, there's a role that is, you know, necessarily having to be played in that. So, yeah, we all, and all being as honest, you know, non-political people that we are, we could say we know good and damn well that she probably wanted to pop him upside his head or think, really, really, Donald? Like, this is what we do? This is what you say? But she can't come out there and tell right. Anderson Cooper that she got in his ass when the, <laughs> when the rest of the world found out. That he my, was, you, you know, know what? See, my thing, my thing I is, think I would have respected I her had she said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have respected her had you said, I wasn't feeling what he said. I didn't, you know, I didn't like it. I thought it was, you know, blah, 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 blah. Had she have done that and said that and then like, you know what? He, had, you know, he apologized. It was, you know, it was, you know, ten years ago, and then, you know, and then covered it. I'd have respected that. I, I could respect it. Listen, this was a long time ago, and yeah, dude was wrong. But I, I just kind of find it hard to believe. Like, no, yeah. And so, the fact that she's trying to put it on Billy Bush, saying that he was egging her on. Egging him on. And and again, I'm like, dude, no. When it was in the book, he didn't do anything more than laugh. And at at that point, you know, now after they got off the bus and they were walking through, who should give the daughter the hug? And 
you know, what are you, come on, get in between us. Like, all that was extra. You know, it might have seemed harmless without that previous conversation. But if anything, right. that was the egging on. But the damage, the damage had been done at that point. All he was doing was laughing. And then when homegirl walked up, talked about the legs. Like, I don't think what he said in that bus was at all, in, you know, instigating him um, to say what he was saying. He did more talking than uh, anything on that bus. Uh, Billy, Billy, Billy Bush was an innocent. A bit, I ain't gonna say he was an innocent bystander. But no, no, he's no, not no. The one, He's not the one who we should be worried about losing their job. Like he, he lost his job over this. We should, we should, he should. NBC should not be the only place. You know what I mean? Like NBC's like, hey, you fired. But, but his poll <laughs> numbers real. have not. His poll numbers have not really changed. And they know they won't. Like the poll numbers, well, let me take that back. Except for in Ohio, have not changed. His poll numbers have still are still where they are. People are still going. You know, these same people are still going to vote for him, knowing that this is what he's done. I I just find that to be amazing to me. Absolutely. I'm waiting on his drunk post at 3 (laughs) a.m. Right, the American slap in the face. I want Billy Bush to go hard at 3 a.m. drunk. I want Billy Bush to be like, you know what? I want him to, yeah, I want, you know what I want him to do. I want him to do a DX on him. Like, I just can't do it. You're a mess. I can't do it. I want him to DX from from WWE. I just want him to be like, uh -uh. (laughs) It went right over my head, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was kind of my boys. The green and black. Oh. DX. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm amazed. But we're going to see what happens. Yeah, more Trump. More Trump. I don't even know if there's anything else about this dude that can shock me. Oh, I'm sure it is. The stuff that can shock me. He is like the most sorry excuse. Like you just know good and well something. It's like something else is coming. You don't know what it is, but something else is coming. I mean, what if? I mean, don't he still got a pending case that won't be tried until December? Do he feel like if he win the election, then he 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 automatically don't have to stand trial or something? I mean, was that? I mean, would he be the first felon as a president if he lose the case? Shouldn't he not be able I, to run for president because he has a pending case? Like, I can't even get a job with a pending case. So how can you run for the president of the United States of America with a pending case? I'm just I'm sick of all of this, like I said. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I am. Yeah, it's gonna be this is gonna be interesting when I say that. I don't know what that noise is, but I didn't do it. Yeah. Whoever's swinging on the swing needs to stop. <laughs> I have no no children, no nothing in my vicinity, no swinging going on. <laughs> y'all swinging on y'all who's swinging on swings around here now. Um. Yeah, so interesting. All right, what else we got? Q, what you got? Um, I wanted to talk about um the first of all, 
about a week or two ago, I believe it was, there was a um, physician on a Delta Airlines flight who, um, she was on a flight and there was one of the passengers who was um, needing her attention. I'm look, I'm re- scrolling through my uh, article right now trying to find the actual, the actual um, issue that he was having. I believe he was having a seizure or something to that effect. And the right. doctor, the black woman, she hopped up, ready to, you know, hop in the gear and see what's going on. And before she could get out of her chair very well, the um, the the flight attendant stopped her and asked her, you know, ma'am, oh, no, we don't need you. You know, what are your – then when she tells her, I'm a doctor, I can help, she then asked her for her credentials, like wants her to pull out some secret super doctor card to verify that she is an actual physician on site and before she will allow her out of her seat to come and help with the situation. So they go back and forth a few moments and then she ends up sitting down because a white man shows up and says, I'm, I'm also a doctor. And then she says, Oh man, we don't need you anymore. We've we've got a doctor and he has his credentials. Mind you, this man has never shown her a piece of paper, no secret super doctor card, no nothing to verify that he's a doctor. But aside from the fact that he walked up as a white man and said, I'm a doctor. So then he goes on to, you know, try and assist this passenger. But then this whole time they're still coming back and asking her, what do we do next? What What's our next step? You know, they're still needing her insight and information um, to help get this passenger back on a good foot. Later on in the flight, the woman comes, the, the flight attendant comes on, comes back and tries to apologize and offer this woman flight miles, you know, free airline miles for the, for the, for the situation, you know, she's trying to make it go away because at this point I'm sure they've had a powwow back behind that little curtain and broke down what's happening and was like, are you for real right now? Like, is this really what you just did? You realize this could be bad for all of us. So now she's trying to make it better. Homegirl denied the flight miles. She denied all that, and she went online. And from that, she sparked a movement that I got mm-hmm. goosebumps when I saw what went down. So <clears throat> black women physicians um, are, are coming together all over the United States to, divide, to defy stereotypes with the hashtag, what a doctor looks like. And when I tell you, you scroll through um, these posts and you see nothing but natural, beautiful, melanated women of all shapes and sizes and colors in their doctor's um, uh, coats, and they are posting, showing that, you know, talking about what they're doing and um, what how they are actually making a difference in, um, in their communities and in their hospitals. Let me find a tweet really quick. Um, and then I, I love how when we make these statements, we're so sassy about it. Um, it's um, one of the uh, Kaneen Ubisi MD. Her name is at Dr. Kaneen Ubisi. She says, at Delta, in case you're having a difficult time breaking prejudice amongst your staff, here's hashtag what a doctor looks like. Hashtag I look like a surgeon. You know, and then there's another who just, just th- these women are bossy, and I love this. And, you know, Delta, shame on you for allowing this. And I'm, I'm going to continue to follow this story to see what they end up doing. And if you all have any updates, please let me know. I know, Keisha, this one is one that has struck a chord with you as well. You have you some doctor that. friends. Oh, um, but, but, yeah, yeah this, this, this needs to be dealt with immediately. <laughs> see, now, hold on. I've got a lot of doctor friends. 
lot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my friends from University of Michigan, my friends from high school, I got uh, one of them is, and actually all of them are so beautiful, by the way. And they are Man. great doctors. And so when this happened, they, I mean, I watched my Facebook blow up with beautiful black <laughs> women in their white coats and stethoscope yeah. and their blue scrubs. Like, you better apologize. You better hurry up because you're about to lose a little bit too much money. Hello. Um, but what really made me angry was the exact statement. This woman said, oh, no, sweetie. Part, excuse me, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Um, put your, she said, put your hands down. We're looking for actual physicians or nurses or some type of medical personnel. We don't have time to talk to you. Yes, that's she what it is. She would pay a thousand dollars for every word came out of her mouth. Do you understand what I'm? What did you say? You are a flight attendant. The nerve of you. The nerve. I'm, I, I, you know. <laughs> It is it is blatant disrespect, um, especially considering the circumstances. And they say Delta tries to reach out to her, but I don't think that there's any way to fix that except that person be removed. That is just that's ridiculous. They went so far as to ask her why she was in Detroit. Like, really? Why is that any of your business? <laughs> Does that matter? If I can help this man live, why am I in Detroit? Wow. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Keisha. I'm sorry, babe. I was just adding that. Her name is Tamika hey. Cross, by the way. I didn't say yes, that earlier. Tamika Cross Tamika is Cross. a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yes, she and she's is. an OBGYN. It is crazy. Yes, she's an obstetrician gynecologist, you know. And the bad part is the Why? Why does she have to go all into, I'm an OBGYN, I work in Houston, but I do it. You know, I'm on my way to Detroit for a wedding, which is still none of your business. None of it. Mm-mm. Nope. You know, and, and that's that's really messed up, the fact that you had a, a whole doctor who was ready and willing, but because of your, ooh, I got words for that, but I'm going to just say biased, uneducated, biased, Evidently, you couldn't see past the skin tone. Really? Really? That's just sad. It really is. Especially in this day and age. I'm just, uh, uh. But they definitely, um, I'm I'm, I'm waiting on them to apologize to all black doctors. I think they need to just apologize to all female black doctors at this particular moment because that was tacky. And... What it should do, if you're going to have a protocol on how you select a doctor, then make sure you have it available and follow it. If there's a doctor on the flight, then maybe they should be registered, you know, if that's how you feel. If you want to try to cover it up, because you know that's how they do they're going to cover it up with corporate protocol. When they say that we can't just, people be lying, and I, there was no real way for me to know. But how did you know that the white man who said he was a doctor was a doctor? There you, yep, yep. So that just cleared up your, there was no way for me to know. It, it was more reasonable for you to assume. And you know what an assumption is. I've been, I've learned to assume my whole life. It makes an ass out of who, not me? Yeah. That's not good. It's just not, it's all bad. And so, I mean, you know, Delta, they're going to have to do something. And I, I have so many people who are on my timeline waiting to see what the what their next move going to be on this. And the pound, we do exist, what a doctor looks like, and pound to me, all of those. 
wonderful little hashtags. I say pound. You know, I, I, I'm from an older school. Not all the way old. <laughs> it's just older. Um, <laughs> so it looks like a pound to me. But, yeah, I, I, I just can't believe it. What did you have to say, WB? Do they do the same thing if there's a if somebody needs like a minister on the plane? Do they check their credentials? You ain't with me. You ain't. You ain't. You ain't hearing me. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I I think that's a brilliant idea though. It would be a really good way to nip all of that in the bud. Just register. Period. And that I mean I, that's the only way they can climb up out of that. I, I really no, think that's the only way. I'm telling you. They, they next five marketing campaigns is about to be black a bunch of black women with no black hair. folks. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, I guarantee you every day they they uh, liaison for for multi multicultural relations is about to get a workout. So I'm telling you, Delta <laughs> knows good and well that they are in trouble, but. Um, I'm telling you, watch what happens. I can guarantee you that from now on, every Delta commercial that you see coming up is going to have uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh, black women in it. Guaranteed. Because now they got to make up right. for it. Now they know that. Now they know. You know. Now they know that they're in trouble with with the black community. So yeah, they can go all out to make sure that we're taken care of for a minute. So. Look, all, look, all right, so Atlanta, Dallas, Oakland gonna be discounted. You can go to all the hot spots for Jake for the Lolo. They want some help. If you want some help, if Delta, if Delta Airlines need some help, call your boy five one three two three eight one seven one eight. I get you out of this real easily. I can help get you out real. It'd be real quick. Real quick. I bet you I can get I can get Delta Airlines out of trouble in six months. All the black people would be flying Delta if y'all call me, because it'd be real simple. Y'all, look, y'all had Drake on, Drake be on the commercials. Um, you know, they we'll do something like that, but Delta's in trouble. But and that's how they yeah, gonna, they, they can count on it. Advertise their way out of it. Yeah, they're gonna market and advertise their way out of this one because they know they screwed up. And I can guarantee you, they're gonna do everything in their can they can for the to make it seem like that they are in love with black people, especially black professionals, because they know that's who they pissed off and that's who has the money. So of all black professionals, and you got to remember, uh, Delta's main hub is in Atlanta. The main hub of Delta is in Atlanta. That is like <laughs> of the South. So if you piss off enough people in Atlanta, uh, and all of, mostly because it's the main hub for them, most of their flights go through Atlanta, um. Yeah, you you gotta you got they got some work to do, so they'll figure it out though. They will figure it out. They they are smart. They better. All right, we got to yeah we got to go ahead real to break real quick. Um, but again, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do down there and and, and the good Delta. Like I said, just call me. I help you. I just gave y'all a freebie. Call Drake. Nah, but give me a call. We'll figure it out. So, all right, let's go ahead up to this song real quick. Um, so we keep it moving. Um, this one, we got Man of the Year. Um, and then when we come back from this, we're going to jump into our discussion about uh, being a small business owner. And, um, yeah, we got a couple other things we got to talk about, too. So we'll be right back after the break on the scoop. I guess I should play this. Yeah. 
go ahead and get into this next uh, next segment. We're going to talk about um, business and how we deal in our slow periods and our fast our our busier seasons um, and being small business. Um, I know in my in in what I do in Elegance by Design. First of all, sorry, this segment is brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is our specialty. Um, you can get your products at elegancebydesign.com. Um, this Saturday, just really quickly, we will be at the Volume Plus Boutique Grand Opening in Dell City. That address. Let me go ahead and grab that for you. I'll give that to you when we wrap up because I don't want to spend. I don't want to waste a lot of time on that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hop into our topic. But what we're going to talk about this evening is um, <clears throat> when in business, and in small business specifically, when we don't have a lot of capital saved up, when there's not a lot of money just hanging around, we often have homes to take care of and things that we need to do as far as obligations that just have to get done. How do you cope in those busy seasons? Um, what is your strategy for managing what you anticipate to be um, a, a really season where we hope and pray and cross our fingers and eyes and toes for when we are creating our ads and doing, you know, pushing our emails and, and doing all that we do to make our businesses grow. You know, when we ramp up in anticipation of all of this big selling, how do we manage that in comparison to what we have to do with our regular homes? Um, and on the flip of that, what do we do in our slow periods to try and balance that out? Because a, because a slow period, a slow season for business can sometimes um, do things for your spirit as far as feeling like you're not being successful when that could just be the trend of your business, especially in small and new business. That's something that's hard to gauge. I've learned that myself. It's hard for you to gauge what your um, your highs and lows will be as far as your market is concerned. So that takes a while to to get that. And if you don't realize that, that can play mind tricks on you and you can sometimes discourage yourself just by not knowing that everybody is kind of being slow right now. So you have to get creative in those time periods. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about um, this evening. And I'll I'll quickly go first as far as what I'm doing as far as ramping up for our busy season. I've got quite a few events coming up and to kind of sustain us between those events, I want to plan some things, um, small things that are going to kind of keep a buzz going. But as far as the financial side of that, there are some things that I would like to do like box sets are something that we've been really, really working on. I really want to make a nice um, attractive box set for my customers to be a, a few of them actually to be able to purchase. So to not break my bank in, and at, at home, I've, Picked one item a week that I'm going to allot myself to be able to purchase. If it's a big item, it's one item. Or if it's a few things, I, you know, I've given myself basically a dollar amount, and I've set myself at about $200 a week um, max that I'm going to allow myself to spend on my business to go towards these, the packaging, the, you know, the product, whatever it is, you know, whatever the target is at that particular time so that I'm not spending $800 at a time or, you know, some something that I'm going to notice really, really deeply within my household. And that's something that's worked with us so far. And as we get closer, of course, that number will decrease because I'm taking care of what I need. So those that will become more fluid within um, the business and we won't have to spend so much the closer we get to go time. Um, that's just one thing that I'm doing. What about, what about you, Keisha? I know with Kinky and Classy, you've got 
quite a bit going right now. You've been telling us weekly that you've got new things going. So this is something that I really want to get your feedback on because you're changing, a, you're in a way rebranding from what it sounds like. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of what it well, sounds like. The brand is staying the same. It's gonna stay kinky and classy. It's just that um, I am fielding new products, so I do a different companies um, working with my wholesalers. So this is where I'm at is testing new wholesalers, which is really irritating to say the least, because I put my brand in the hand of my wholesaler because I'm waiting on them and the quality mm-hmm. of their products and their shipping availability. And when they say, okay, well, we guarantee that we'll have this drop ship order to your clients within three days, and then my client gets it in five days on the day of the event that they needed it for, you just made my brand look terrible because of your bad service. So now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So then you have to... Okay, so who's going to be next? And I have to keep it that way right now. I have about four different wholesale distributors that I'm working with, and I just knocked two of them out the box with some orders that I received because these people know me personally, so it made it easier. They already, they've already purchased, so they knew what um, I'm capable of on my own, and I made them well aware, you know, that I'm in the process of testing new distributors. Let me know exactly when you get the package so that I'll have an exact gauge of how long it's taking them. Um, For that, I'll give you this discount. You know, it it takes a lot of work um, when you're you're doing that part. Um, I don't know if that's probably something that you have to deal with because you, you make your stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I guess you, the quality of the products that you use to create and the amount of time it takes for them to replenish your shipments will be something similar to this because it's like one yeah. store's bullet is just not the same. <laughs> it's just not. Um, wow. and, and now I get, you know, you get them from one place and it's like, what is this weak thing? And then you get it from another place and it's like, okay, so this is about right. And so now this is the only place that I, that I will guarantee the quality of this product from but then you have to match quality with ability to fulfill these orders. So it's a lot of back and forth that I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, I feel like the finished product will be well worth it, and I won't have to make these adjustments. But I, I did a lot the first five years, so I still got two more to go um, to, to dealing with all of these little kinks and twists and stuff. Okay. Wim, what do you? How how are you, Garrett? Because Keisha, you just brought, I just had a question, and I'm gonna come back. I'm making another. Okay, Wim, you got that. I can do a body roll off that. Because <laughs> it did kind of have a little beat going to it. Yeah, so, yeah, it was like. <laughs> While while he works out our our kinks, while we speak of kinky and classy, let me go and ask my question. And okay, so, hold on, I got I got a question. Okay, go ahead. There we go. Okay. So you said, there we go. You said you got mm-hmm. multiple distributors, and I'm sorry. So if you my church people, please close it. I got a question. So how do you know different bullets from different places with different ways? I mean, if I ordered the oh, same because... bullet from that from the same, I just I mean, is this like a like, a, like different horsepower or what's the? No, yeah, actually, yes. Um, some of them they they 
a bullet is supposed to be very powerful, but it's also supposed to be very adjustable. So you're supposed to be able to go from a small yet consistent vibration unto a very powerful, will shake your whole body vibration. And mm-hmm. some companies um, have bullets that run on two triple-A batteries. Some of them run on two double-A batteries. Some of them are corded. Some of them are wireless. I personally have gone through many of them. I literally place at least a small order. You know, I get one of each type that I see, and I come home and I test them, or I send them to people and ask them questions. My only, like, it's very difficult in this part of the business because people are so shy about their sex life. So I've spent thousands of dollars sending stuff to people who will not write a review to save my life. <laughs> they won't write a review, but they inbox me, girl, this stuff is the bomb. I said, well, can you put it on the page so people can know that the products, girl, I don't want them in my business, Lord, help. So it's just <laughs> So that so so you know what can I so what you know I just I would well, instead not, of activating that review yeah I was gonna say instead of activating that review section or if, if there's not an option to make it anonymous I don't think you can on Facebook like that if not from that portion the review portion have them give you right. your your reviews anonymously via inbox and post those then and because people right. would understand not having an active public review page for that. You know what I mean? Like well, they, people would totally get you having an anonymous post for you. So she's talking about different folks. Yeah. That right, is so, classic to, so, to be able to keep it anonymous. To me that's very classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real. I and I'd be feeling like, you know, at some point if I posted and said, Oh, this is an anonymous review from XYZ uh, or, you know, from out of this city and state or whatever, or, out of, you know, whatever, on this particular product, people going to be like, girl, you broke that review yourself. You see them? It's there. That's, I, I'm caught. <laughs> because if I write it and say that it was an anonymous review, then where's the, there's no authenticity. So that's kind of what I wanted to try to keep it, was to keep the comments and, and keep them, um, what's the word I want to use? Concentrated, like real authentic, just straight from the person to the page versus yeah. from the person to me, and yeah, then I translate it. But I'm, I I, it's like I'm between a rock and a hard place on that, where I have to uh, put up. I would a, use, uh, yeah. yeah, use the anonymous. I mean, because if you think about it, anytime you have um, reviews from a business, you're going to, you know, it, even in your larger companies, people are going to think that they're their plant, some of their plants, because the truth is, some of them are. So I wouldn't even worry about it. Just put them up, and if somebody really has that much mm-hmm. of a question, that's not going to be the difference between very many people purchasing your products and not. So I wouldn't even trip about that. Just go ahead and do it. Yep, no, I'll put that post up. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. we'll have to work on them because it's real. Yep, I do like some of the, you know, some of the things that you just said. That you guys were saying earlier about things to do. I kind of am doing the same thing. You know, when seasons get slow, I start looking at um, planning for the next season, um, looking at different opportunities to improve different systems. So, like, right now, I'm working on um, – you know, laughing at me yesterday because I'm the um, – uh, what what's the button? The form button. I was trying to include a form button on my – Oh, yeah, your um, email sign-up. Yeah. yeah, my e- automated email sign up through my fan page. So 
which I didn't figure out yesterday. I thought I had it, but when I tested it, we had tested it didn't work. But just stuff like that to try to make business a little easier for me. So I don't, because right now when people sign up for my email list, I manually have to go through and do that. So during my slower seasons, I say, okay, let me try to work on that, um, improve, you know, something in my system. Again, work on um, uh, changes for the next coming year. And then usually this year, this time of the year slows down for me. So I really start to, you know, as you guys know, plan for 2017. So I'm having meetings with my team. I'm having, you know, I'm sending out questions, you know, review questions that some people I'm not going to name any names didn't um, respond to. Um, you know, I'm doing those types of things to try to, to, try to get 2017 stuff prepared and and uh, in the works. That's what I do during my slow season. And then again. I'm also, inc- I actually increase my marketing and advertising during my slower seasons um, because I know again, uh, it takes you know, it takes time for people to get to know you, especially new people. Um, the other thing I do is I try to deepen my relationships with current people. So my current mm-hmm. customers, I try to do things to deepen with them. So whether I offer make special offers to them, um, or you know, whatever I can do, you know, just even more communi- communicate more with them so that way they realize that, you know, that I appreciate their, biz- their past business. So those are just a couple of things that I do when, during my slower season. That's good. I dig that. And, I, and <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. that yeah, anyway, I, I do, I do um, agree that that's, this is a good time for relationship building, making those connections with people you haven't talked to in a while, um, working on building your email list up. Um, those random conversations don't necessarily become so random during these times because you have a little more time if this happens to be a slow season for you. Um, this is a time where we kind of get busy because I have an actual um, I have a uh, uh, a physical product that people are, you know, in, is in high demand. I have a, the nature of my business is very vending oriented right now. I don't have a brick and mortar location. So I'm doing a lot of pop-ups where it's a lot of gifting and things like that. So these next few weeks will be crazy busy for me. But then after that is when my slow season starts. And, I, and that's when we have to start getting creative. And um, that's when, you know, I've got some things planned to really boost um, the client interaction and introduce some new things also. So I think um, timing is everything, and it does take a while to figure that timing out and figure out your audience, um, especially in new business. Keisha, the question that I wanted to ask you was, considering this, you also have a product that you don't necessarily physically produce, but you actually you provide a, a physical product. And with it being gift-given season, what um, was there a, such a necessity in your business at this time that made it necessary to make such a change when you could possibly be shipping out so much and dealing with, you know, that <clears throat> new so many new customers was now the the best time for that because you was because when you were telling me the story, I was thinking, you know, I mean not your story when you were sharing with us, I was thinking to myself, you know what, this is a high demand time. If you wanted to test out who was going to be able to perform the best now would be a good time to do that. But on mm-hmm. the flip of that, because you do have all of these new first impressions, that would have to be a re- I can only imagine the thought process you went through to make that decision to do it now coming into that season. And how uh, are your customers yeah. really 
being receptive to that when something doesn't work? Are they cool with that? Or are they like, look now, get it together? Because I've had some customers flat out tell me, uh, I understand, but get it together. And that's been a humbling thing for your girl. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, like, mm, I don't know if I would have made that me because that shook me like it did. So I wanted to know how that, um, how you came about with that discussion. That discussion. Okay, so high times, high seasons are the best time for me. Mm-hmm. To try um, different distribu- distributors because I have multiple options. First of all, I have my wholesale option is when everything comes to me, you know, and that means that I distribute, I package it, I send it to the different addresses. Well, in this business, we have a lot of places who offer dropship, and what I do is I take clients who have already purchased from me, who have already shopped with me, who know my my um, business sense and respect me as a person and understand that I am very crystal clear about how I do things and when things are going to take place. Um, so they already have a respect for my business, so I make it clear to them what is going on. I'm testing out a new uh, distributor. They said they'll have the product there in three days. If you can let me know exactly when it gets there, that would be great. And I'll give you 10% off your next purchase, period. Ah, um, okay. And so so these incentive. are clients who already... Right, they pre-existing clients. I would never do that with somebody new. New clients, you get that instant service from the company that I know is going to ship exactly how I want it to ship. I know that when I say three days, they'll get it there in two just to keep my business going because my business is their business, you know. And um, so I, that's how I had to kind of choose and, and play that. Um, I, I don't test new products with new clients. I test new products with old existing clients because <laughs> I've already set a reputation with them. We have yeah, a rapport. You that trust. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so the, that, that wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part has been checking these people because I am for no games with my business when they mm-hmm. don't live up to their word. And, 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 and I explained to them this could have been a potential client loss. Because I stick to what you said versus what you did as a business. I don't know how y'all run your things, but I promise you, you won't have mine. And so I have to move on to the next option. And I keep those options open until I have, to me, I feel like I should have at least three different distributors. I need one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. Um, and I have my Midwest distributor. They're perfect. Everything gets there in two days. So I'm not worried about that. Um, and it's easier in the South because, you know, you got Las Vegas, you got a few different um uh, large mm. hubs for this type of stuff for my business, so it works out. Nice. When they ask, when they tell you that it's going to take two days for them to get you something, do you tell your customer that it's going to be two days, or do you build in a buffer? No. 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 <laughs> I always give myself a one to two day buffer, um, and then I watch. And the the company that I know deals best for my dropship in Midwest, they always beat my expectation. So I tell the client three to five days, and what I end up with is a bunch of wow in my in my girl. This came today, really. And so then, by the way, if you didn't get a chance to go see what now, that's where that really is coming from. But um, yeah, and so they they you know in my inbox, girl, it came today. I'm so happy it came early. That's what's up, you know. And, and then they make them repeat customers because it's like I exceeded their expectation. When they thought they were going to get it on Friday, they got it on Thursday so they could plan for Friday, you know. Um, and it works mm-hmm. out really, really good. I love when, when the people that I'm paying can make me look better. 
Uh, but when I have a situation like I did with this last company where uh, they said three days and it took five, um, hello, what was wrong? And the crazy part is I'm so anal and I know it, that's okay, whatever, about it that I, I literally was checking the tracking number every day. So the yeah. first day that they sent the information to me, I was like, uh, this this does not say that it is in the facility. Where are my items? Oh, they're there. You know, you're dealing with the post office. I'm like, ma'am, my father works for the post office. We're not going to call him unreliable. What we're going to do is find out what's going on with this package. Package had not left <laughs> the facility. Okay? So then the next day, it read that it had been dropped off. I said, so... You all lied when you said that it would be shipped the same day that you took my payment because this was 24 hours later, so this is the next day. Next day, same day, two different things. Um, and so this is what I'm, you know, I'm monitoring you so you understand my business is not for play. And I have to do that a lot. <laughs> I have to do it almost too much. But, again, it's all about the client in the end, so it's worth it. True that. True that it is. So we often right. have to step outside of our normal us to be that. Yeah. Welcome to my, welcome to entrepreneurship, honey. This the part they don't Man. tell you about. Yep. This the part they don't tell you about when you're starting a business. So. Hmm. All right. So we're gonna go, let's go ahead and uh, go into this song real quick, and then when we come back, we got hot topic. Uh-oh. So. So don't go anywhere. After we just got done talking about bullets, we gotta play. Um, we gonna play some Jesus music. So. Oh no! <laughs> we said we were not gonna do that. We were not gonna follow any kinky and classy segments with any gospel music going forward. <laughs> we said that. Right. <laughs> Trying to make me look sacrilegious and things. Right. So we gotta cleanse this. The Jesus music gonna cleanse us after we done talked about bullets. So. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Sovereign. This is Sovereign by Marcus Moore. We'll be right back after the break with Hot Top. Play the song once again. There's no one like you. No one else beside you who can do the things you do, that's why we No one else can reign with power, strength, and glory. All the heavenly hosts proclaim.
Marcus G. Morton with Sovereign. All right, so this is Hot Topic. I hope you all are ready. Oh, Lord. Um, so this week, hot, this week's Hot Topic, I don't know if you guys know, but it has been reported that Mary J. Blige and her husband are divorced. Um, and so as a part of this divorce, uh, it gives us even know how true this is, um, is okay. asking for Whoa. um so we was chopping up real bad. <laughs> uh, are we better now? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um I was saying that so I said it was announced that um Mary J. Blige and her husband are are getting are splitting. So in the group, somebody posted, and again, I don't know how accurate these numbers are, but the post was, um, does he deserve this? Apparently, um, he's asking, this is a breakdown. Again, I don't know how true these numbers are, um, but the conversation was good. But apparently, um, he's asking for, and I didn't add this number up, but he wants $8,000 a month for a private chef. $3,200 $3,200 a month for a personal trainer, $1,000 a month clothing allowance, $5,000 a month to continue paying his parents uh, each month. He wants $71,000 a month from the rental properties. He wants $5,000 a month to support his two children from a past relationship, $2,500 auto, for auto expenses and transportation, $5,708 for maintenance and repairs on the property. $5,732 for groceries. That's a lot of groceries. Um, $21,677 for charitable donations. $10,000 for entertainment, gifts, and vacations. $100,000 for attorney fees. And $30,000 for accounting fees. 
So the question is, does he deserve um, this much spousal support um, from Mary J. Blige? And I, mm. yeah. Mm, I give me a minute. I got some words. <laughs> I thought um, some of the comments were pretty interesting uh, on the post. Um, so some of the comments were, um, well, isn't that the status quo? He or, um, he or she has to maintain the standards of living for their lifestyle during the marriage. It goes in both directions. So, yes, he does deserve it. Um, somebody, and then they said they had a prenup, which specifically states there was no spousal support. Um, and then the response said that there's always support, even with the prenuptial agreement. It just guarantees that the party doesn't obtain half. Um, hmm. Somebody else, the man, said yes. Somebody wants to eat with that one. Who has five? I like. Well, I mean, when you're accustomed to eating lobster, crab legs, and caviar, fifty seven thirty two might not be that much. I mean, they might be paying the, the gardener for picking out the groceries out the garden too. So I guess so. So tell me, where do you all say should should get this amount of money for um for support. I'll start with um Akeisha. Do you think he should Well you know what, to be perfectly honest, um there are about well okay then there are three different um ways, yes, Lord, that that you can look at this. First of all, from the 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 breakup, uh, uh, I'm sorry, from the marriage standpoint, and sickness and health can just do its part for richer or for poorer. Um, I don't know how well Mary J's career is doing right now for him to be asking for all his money. That's my problem. Um, if this is what he get to date, I would be back in court in six months talking about, look, I ain't did a movie, a show, you know, to get that reduced. That's one. Two, the other part you have to think about is who he is, how how he's helped her as an individual um, in that marriage, and the truth of the matter is that he deserves to leave with I guess you want to put, I, I say, to me, um, I'm trying to say this nicely because I know I'm going to have people jumping on my head either way, but he deserves to leave with the equity, you know, that he's built in that relationship. Just like any woman um, who marries a, a million-dollar basketball star and, you know what I'm saying, she feels like she's been accustomed to something or that she made him better because, she made him better, however it took was his motivation. Whatever it was, um, he did that as well. So he is, in a way, um, entitled to that because of the length of time that they were married and the changes that took place in her life uh, while he was with her. Um, and then you can look at it from the, yeah, you know what? I'm looking at these numbers now. I don't think these real. To be perfectly honest, I don't think that these numbers are real, and um, because that when they add up, it's just crazy. Um, but if this is how it breaks down, I'm not seeing how 
uh, a few of these charges should even be able to be for real. Because at this point, he has absolutely no need to go and make a living for himself. Uh-uh. Or to ever find anyone else to really settle down with and call himself being with. Um, right. <clears throat> some she of the, paying child some support of the, for children. Yeah, that, that ain't yeah. what? For children, that ain't, wait a minute. That 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 grave train has left the building, children. I'm no longer a co in that parenting situation. Like, I'm not a Hello? parent in that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my situation anymore. But, to, you know, I want to. Now, I will say that someone on the post pointed out that I think the bottom two figures are one time fees, like the attorney fees and something else is a one time fee. So the other fees are like monthly, regardless. I think this whole prenup spousal support, who gets what, like I've thought this, we've had these discussions with other couples over time, and I, I think we have we have taken this too far, and this is excessive. Um, a lot of the things on, a lot of the, the men thought that it was going to somehow make this even more right if they itemized all the other women who have gotten equally ridiculous settlements, you know, divorce settlements, like that was going to magically make this okay, because <laughs> it didn't. That doesn't make it okay just because we can say, oh, well, they did it before. That's kind of the issue right now, you know. I think initially when spousal support and alimony and these, you know, these types of things were put in place, it was a different time where women primarily did not provide for themselves. They were dependent primarily on the men and men alone. So when they left, when, when for whatever reason the, the marriage is dissolved, these women could have been left without nothing or have not had the opportunity to provide for themselves, to make a living for themselves outside of their homes. So when they divorced these men, they were then granted these these allotments or whatever the case may be to make it so that they could abstain in the way that they were accustomed to, which means I'm not homeless because I'm no longer living under your roof. Now I can go on and be about my way. Now, as greed does, greed has taken over in our court systems and the way that, you know, how money takes over. Now, there is somehow there was a precedent set somewhere along the line where now people think that it's okay to, to gut punch the person that you're somehow, you know, now that you're no longer with the person that you're with. Now, all of a sudden, I did this. They become the best mate ever that ever walked the earth and so supportive. And this is men and women. Like, I am equal opportunity in this stance. So I'm just saying that before I go on and what I'm saying. Like, <clears throat> everyone becomes the stellar spouse when it comes down to signing paperwork and splitting stuff down the middle. Now, everyone was equal opportunity. And we have to be honest, if everybody was all in like they say they are when they're yelling back and forth at those uh um, uh, coordinates that we wouldn't be in divorce court. So at this point, like I think we have to be realistic in what we're we're, we're we're requesting from people. That's why these things even become such a big deal because it is so out of this world, like ridiculous. Like just look at that. Like it doesn't even matter that it's a man asking a woman for it. I know some men were saying I can't. I think Wynn even said it. Like I can't fathom asking a woman to pay for the two for twenty. It's not even about that. Like what's fair is fair. He did help change her life. He did bring her back from a really, really terrible spot. I can only imagine the time, the time and, the, and the, all that it took to get her there as a manager. He was paid. But as a husband, there's a whole other type of support that you have to provide in that space. So I get it. Like, yeah, until he gets on doing what he do, yeah, do 
be fair about the situation. That's all I'm saying. And at some point, as if we're we going to stand on our soapboxes and say we got to do better as a people, like, this would be a really, really good spot to start doing it. Like, you know what I mean? Even in the conversation piece of it, the way that we were, we totally missed the point of the, the whole question of the meme was, does he deserve it? That didn't say we need to now go back and forth of who did it better and who did it why and how. That's not what that was asked. Does is is this person deserving of it? And although it is just a meme, those types of conversations can make or break. We've seen it happen where it can start to change the way people think about situations, and they do take those ways that we discuss these types of situations into their day to day lives. So if all we sit and do is itemize, well, you remember he did that, you remember he did, remember she did that, we was all right then. Like that gets us nowhere, and I think that that's what's so frustrating about these conversations and why it keeps happening because people are going to go online, the people who have the mics, the people with the, the big reach are going to say, well, you remember, and you remember, and that's how it's going to, it just, it, we've got to change that system altogether. We are greedy as a people, not just black folks, not just celebrities, because this happens when folks ain't got nothing. When folks don't have two nickels to rub together, they fighting over the old CRT TV, the big floor model TV in the middle of the room, and folks can't go on and be happy with their lives because they're fighting over stupid stuff. Like, we are greedy as people, and I think that's where this mm-hmm. whole thing, you know, resides. <laughs> it's crazy. We got to stop it. If I want to be through with you, be through. Let me go. Like, I'm not going to be fighting you for stuff. Let me get on up out of here and go on about my business. That's how I feel, and I think women should do that, too. Go on and move around, homie. Like, let it go. But again, this is why the prenuptial (laughs) agreement exists because of stuff like this. Like, are you serious? And and I think that it is important. And I believe it was you, WB, who said this is why these conversations must be had at the beginning of the relationship. Look, um, and this is why I think that prenuptials exist. Because people have been drugged through the mud. Like, I just watched one of a, a very close friend of mine go through a two year divorce because this man was not ready to let her go, but he wasn't ready to treat her right either. So it was, <laughs> she, and I, when I say drug her through the mud, I'm talking about drug her through the mud. Like, would not let her live. Everything down to who going to pick the baby up from school. You fought tooth and nail to do it, and then now that the, now that you got the court order, you won't even pick them up. You're still asking me to go get them. You just wanted to do this in court. So there are situations where the people deserve more, but they, they take less just to get out of the mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this situation, they had a prenup, but, again, you have to pay attention to your state laws because you guess what? You can have all the prenup you want. But if the state law says that this individual is entitled to a cost of living and they prove that this is how they've been living, that trumps anything in your prenup. So it's important to know that type of stuff and have that conversation like, Miss player, I mean, we in love and everything, but love don't pay the bill. Understand this is all you're going to get. I don't ask for nothing more, and I want to end the paper. This is ironclad. Like, I don't care who do it, and I'm a registered with the state. State, look, state, state, y'all, we need to change these laws before we get married. Like, uh-huh. I, uh, we just can't move until we know that that state has the same laws of the state that we was married. I'm not even like, for real. And it's terrible to be so bound by law in a situation like that, but uh, a marriage is a, a contractual 
agreement between two people, and by being a contract, it is legal, period. And so it's important that you pay attention to all of those wonderful things before you go and get somebody's last name, their credit score, their life, and then you, you know, work and, and, and build, uh, make sure that they're a part of it if they intend to benefit from it. Period point blank, and in my opinion, he was a part of it for her. Um, she put out some some real love albums versus the 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 pain and the struggle albums. You know what I'm saying? Because she was with him, um, and, and and you know she off that narcotic. You know what I mean? And, and everything changed <laughs> while she was with him that may not have if she didn't have him. So. When looking at this as an isolated situation, he does deserve something. But a chef and a five thousand dollar grocery bill, I think that's mm-hmm. asinine. Um, mm-hmm. These, like I said, these charges cannot be it. That just can't even do it. As somebody line, because this ain't and right. And I also read this, that isn't this is this an addition to what the prenup was supposed to be given? Like I, I have not confirmed all of this because I haven't gone deep into this, but I've heard two different additional things that just blow my mind. One that he could possibly, I think that they said that he cheated, and that's part of the reason why that they are getting a divorce is because he's cheated on her. And again, I have not confirmed that. But then, and then the second thing was that he was already awarded a certain amount of money with their prenup situation. And he's gone back and then made an amendment and asked for more. These are these are two things that I've added to this that, in my opinion, totally changed the whole premise of. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. Because this happens with women too. Women do the stupid stuff, and they go back and forth. The, the, the woman with the, the the oil guy here in Oklahoma did that. It just wasn't enough, and she went back and got more and got more and got more. And because at, at first I was with her to a certain extent, and I thought, okay, now check out the damn. Go somewhere and sit down. Like that's really what I that's why I'm thinking it gets excessive. Like you just won't have enough. And if those if you cheated, regardless of how much you built her up, if then if you then participated in the potential breaking her back down by cheating, you know, it, I just stop. Just stop it. That I just think to myself, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, you need more, you still need more. To me that's what makes it more of a spectacle than anything. <clears throat> and people People who are grieving and heartbroken are the most vicious people. Grieving people and heartbroken people do the most damage to other people, I've noticed. I'm telling you, somebody dies and when somebody gets a divorce, it's when you really see how people okay. act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Good evening. I totally agree. Hurt people hurt people. I do agree with that. Hey, hey. Um, as far as the whole... Mary J. Blige thing goes, I find it hilarious. That's about it. Other than that, I think it's trifling. Uh, I don't think nobody should get no spousal support when you leave. Whether it's your fault or not, you should get no spousal support. I mean, just go. Do your thing. Let's go our separate way. Uh, prenups are cool, too. But like I said on the post, I agree with the Deion Sanders way of life. You go with what you came with. You're not going to bank off of me. And that's just because, to me, I think a lot of people really do go poaching on rich people, and that's not cool. Like, just because somebody has a little bit of money, you put yourself in positions where you're always around those type of people. So, of course, you're going to end up dating one of them. You're not trying to make that kind of money. You're just trying to poach off their plate. That's not cool. Under no circumstance, and I, there's no way it could be spelled to me that it is cool. It's not. 
and that's either the man getting the money or the woman. Neither one of them is cool. Kick rock, mm-hmm. it's over. Your fun in the sun is gone. Do something new. And if you didn't take the time while you was being rich to establish yourself, then shame on you. How is you made Especially in 2016. I'm telling you, if I'm married to somebody mm-hmm. rich like that, I can guarantee you the first thing I'm doing is getting Rashad Chandler's business off the ground so that if anything happens at all, I don't have to depend on nobody I was married to. I'm good. I just want to be free. Mm-hmm. You go your way, yep. I'll go Let mine. me go. I yep. did my thing. <laughs> With a little bit of duckage that I got, I'm going to go and build business. But people be so busy trying to lay up under the person and spend their money that they ain't thinking about that. Because to them, I'm going to be rich forever. Both ways, man and woman. I'm going to be rich forever. And it's like, man, look here. What happened when they get tired of you? Because they've been living this lifestyle a long time. Who's to say that they might not get tired of you? Just flat out tired. And it happens, man. So, I mean, my thing is, is while you're in them type of relationships, establish yourself. Don't sit trying to use somebody up to where they feel used now and they don't want you no more and it's woe is me. No, not woe is you. You should have got it together while you was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you ain't going here? I, like I said, I, I said on the post what I had to say. I don't think that it's a, um, I don't think, as a man, I would feel real funny. I would, asking for $100,000 a month in spousal support. I just would feel weird. I, I, I don't get it. I'm not knocking it. I just don't get it. Um, yeah. As, you know, if he was the manager, like it, like they say, then, yeah, you should stack your bread, build your business, you know, get you some more clients, whatever. But I, that's just not me. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Again, I don't think that anybody in marriage should walk away empty-handed, especially if you haven't been, if you've been present, you know, if you've been present, if you've helped male or female. But, again, $100,000 a month in spousal support just seems kind of way too much for me. And, you know, Again, and granted, again, I'm looking at it through the lens of, you know, I don't know how much her total net worth is, so $100,000 a month might not be, you know, it might be a drop in the bucket to her, but still, again, to me, it's, it just feels, it wouldn't feel good. It's not that. over and over and over again. 12 me. months in, it ain't that that's bigger. Me. That's a big, that's a super that's, drop in the bucket yeah, a couple 1. months 2, in the game. Yeah, <laughs> 1.2 million over the course of a year is, again, just for being my ex. Like, I bet you my exes, yeah, my exes probably would, no, nah, I don't think I would have an ex if I was, you know, ex anything if I was, if I had that type of money. Like, really, who's going to leave me when I, yeah, anyway, I digress. All right. So, yeah. So, once again, if you're not in the school group, you are missing some very good conversation. Um, huh. And so you can, any, anybody can join. Um, all you got to do is either um, friend request, or excuse me, request to get in or, have somebody, if you know somebody's in the group, let you all in. But it's a very good group. They're very interesting conversations, and so um, feel free to join. Um, so we're going to go ahead real quick and take another break, and then we're going to get into this topic. we got to talk about second chances. For some of you folks, it's just um, breaking up to make up. So I need to – we need to know why. How do you know um, if you should give someone another chance? So we're going to talk about that right after um, this break. And, I, yes, I am stalling because I can't find this song. Okay. <laughs> All right, no, I'm kidding. All right, so we got Silicon Valley 
uh, by Rochelle. We'll be right back after this. We're going to get to this topic. I found it yet. $1.2 million. Is
if you feel they're sincere in their apology, and if you feel you can get, if you can really feel that you can genuinely, I feel that if you feel you can genuinely forgive them is how you should allow a second chance. I think second chances are for both people, and you have to give them with a clean, a truly clean slate. If you don't feel that you can genuinely forgive that person for the thing that they've done, then they don't get a second chance. If you don't feel that they deserve that second chance, like even flat out, like no matter what I don't, I don't think people should be forced into second chances in any way. And you, you have to be willing to say, all right, let's start over. You know what I mean? Because otherwise there will be, it, it gives an opportunity to build more and more resentment. Do we always do that? No. I can even, my, do we always do that? No. That's how we get the, the layers upon layers of stuff that happens within our relationships. But I think a good base level to start with is, do I feel like in this moment, do I feel like I am ready to forgive you? I could forgive you and be clean with this situation. That's how I've learned to try and go towards situations. Because I don't like to carry stuff around. Y'all have noticed, I like to be done. I'm, when I'm good, I'm good. And I want a clean break, and I want to keep it pushing. I don't want that back and forth stuff. And if I still feel like I still want to be with you, I will. That's that's one of those things. Like if I'm not done, I I will I will I will I will hold on. I have a hard time of letting go. You you sh- that was wrong for asking me this first. I told y'all that yesterday. Like that's one of my things. I don't. I like clean breaks, but and but it takes me a while, a long while to get to that point. But I've learned that the truest way to do second chances is to really really be honest with yourself and say I'm ready or I'm not ready, and that sometimes takes time, but. To give a true second chance, I think you have to start from a base point of truly wanting to forgive and start clean. I'm mad you went to me first on that one. Real talk. I really am. <laughs> Love you. Um, uh-huh. uh-huh. Kazo, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I'm probably horrible at this. I think I give too many folks second chances and uh I probably ought to be answering when to not give folks second chances, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to get over this whole being nice syndrome. Shockingly, people don't know that I'm very nice, but I just I, I don't know, man. Because I mean, when you like somebody, do you, you like so it, do you just automatically give somebody a second chance, or I mean, or do you like, yep, anybody for the most part, or do, is it that they have to do something to make you know that they really mean it? What's your, what's your nope. criteria to say? Okay, I'm not really, because like I said, being a guy, man, and being the person that's usually the pursuer, you already know yourself anyway. Or like, I like her, I gotta have her. So she might do something wrong, and then in your head, it's like, man, I never let nobody do that to me. But then two weeks later, you write back with that same girl that did it over and over and over again. And folks calling you dumb and stupid and whatever else they want to call you because they don't like who you like. They fools for who they like, too, but they get to see you be a fool for who you like. And that's just the way it goes. I think it's kind of a little different with us because, like I said, we mostly do the pursuing. So, you know, with us liking somebody, the second chance thing goes way more than it ought to. And I was somebody said everybody somebody said everybody deserves a second chance is not with me. <laughs> I mean I, I feel them but at the same time that person probably they probably give second chances too. It sounds good. But 
Everybody get them second chances out, whether they saying they do or they don't. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You give them out. So, Keith, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, my father. I know. I was done. That was it. Okay, Keisha, what do you what do you think? How do you I mean, how do you make that determination? You know what? There was a time in my life where I was following the Andre three thousand way of life, you know, spaceships don't have review mirrors, they dip for real. And at that time I changed my phone number almost every six months. Um, to ensure that there was no coming back to me. Okay. So it it was not a game, it was real life. But what I realized was that my forgiveness was obsolete. My ability to forgive people, I did not do it. I just never dealt with you again. So there was no reason for me to forgive you if I don't have to deal with you again. Um, and then I actually started to care about people. And then when I started to care about people, I realized that I'm not perfect, and sometimes I need to be forgiven. And in order for me to expect people to forgive me, I have to be willing to forgive them, right? It was progress, I'm telling you. This is from a very cold-hearted person previously. So I started to learn to to work that forgiveness muscle and how it should be worked, because sometimes it can be squeezed to death by people who just don't deserve it. You know what I'm saying? And learning when... People deserve it versus when they don't. So second chances are really, for me, determined based on the situation. Like, if we broke up over something that was completely stupid and we really just needed like two or three days to get back to our senses and out of our emotions or the who's right and who's wrong kind of dumb stuff, then, of course, that second opportunity will be given in my latter days, whereas... In my former days, I wouldn't care because I would have moved on by then. Um, but if it's something that is a deal breaker, i.e., uh, you got a shorty, we've been together for like a year and a half, and the shorty is a month old, oh, we got a problem, Houston. There's no going back on that. You know, like there are deal breakers, and for that, um, the forgiveness can't just don't exist like for me. I, I turn back to that cold-hearted person because – I'm up front from the jump about that type of stuff. Like, look, this, this, and this, I'm telling you now, if you do it, just leave. You know what I'm saying? But other things, there's some level of compromise. Compromise, at least, you know, is a wonderful piece to me for forgiveness. So that's how, I mean, I feel. Second chance, they're available with certain situations, not all. So if it's not one of your... If it's not one of your non-negotiable things, then you're you you give them. Yeah, it's pretty much okay. And so you and you tell and you did say you tell the person up front what your non-negotiables are, so that way they know like if these things happen, don't even waste your time mm-hmm. type of deal. Do you tell? So you tell people, oh, and that's fair. I guess that is fair. Um, I, you know, and I tell I think, them I'm crazy but, too from the beginning because I want you to understand that just like you think. You got problems or you might have a slip or something. I might too. So watch it. Uh, you know, I'm just very honest. <laughs> that's, no, that's fair. I think, like, and that's what the, if, as long as you know up front, I, I don't think that, you know, I guess, I, again, if, if you tell them up front and you're honest with it, I guess you, you know what to expect. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I think for me, the 
that whole second chance thing is is I'm not gonna say I don't believe in them. I, I would be lying. That's not true. I believe in them. I think that um, they are. Here it is for me. In order for me to to give you again, number one, it does depend on what happened. Um, if it was like you said, something that was just dumb, um, then that's you know, then okay, fine, we move on. And I probably like I said to me, if it's something that's dumb, first of all, knowing my personality, because I, I'm such an easygoing person, I think. Um, if you get me to the point where I don't want to be with you anymore, then it's been a lot of stuff that's happened. You know what I mean? Like just something that's we just had an argument and we need to calm down is not something I'm going to end a relationship for, I don't think. Um, but if it's if we do get to that point, then I think for me what I have to do is I have to know that we have adequately addressed the issues that got us to the point that we chose not to be together in the first place. Because I think one of the issues is when we decide to get back with people, we make an emotional decision because, number one, either we miss certain things about them, so let's just, we, 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 it's how we talk. So either the sex was really good and we missed the sex, either we were really happy that we were finally had somebody and we're scared that we're going to be alone and not get anybody for a while, um, either we are, you know what I mean, it's something, it's something that we're missing and we never address the fact that um, we actually broke up because we got two different, we're not, we're not even on the same page anymore. And so I, first of all, have to address that. Like, did we, what was the real essence, what is the real reason why we are no longer together or made the decision? And if we can deal with that, um, then, then I think that I'm okay with a second chance. I'm just not the type of person who, because, number one, I'm not. I'm the type of man that I know I have. I'm too busy, so any of my friends know I'm not. I'm not just. Going, I don't waste my time. I don't waste my energy. I sure on God's green earth ain't wasting my money um, on trying to establish or reestablish a relationship that I know has no weight and destiny for me. Um, so I then, like I said, I have to realize number one, I have to find out. What was the real reason and why we broke up? Number two, is this person a person who is supposed to be with me to help me get to where I'm trying to go, or did I just enjoy them and they should be friends, you know, that we should be friends? And and that's okay if we do that. And then at that point, then we can start talking about trying to get back together. But until we go through all of that, I ain't wasting my time. I got way too much to do to be trying to just, you know, hang around. And I'm not that lonely, so it doesn't get that lonely for me before I start I start to do that. And again, now I say that again and let me be honest, I say that as a man, knowing that making that decision for me as a man is different than making that same decision as a woman. So let's be clear. Because as a woman, even though I'm not saying that it should be different, I understand that it's easier as a man to say that because, you know, the numbers are on my side. And whereas as a woman, I understand your how you're made up differently, I understand. You know, there's a whole lot of other stuff that y'all deal with that I'm not going to deal with. So to me, it's pretty cut and dry. What were the issues? Number one, the issue is your, is your, I'm trying, your mouth. Have we addressed that? Have we addressed the fact that I don't like to be talked to like that? If the issue is, you know what I mean, whatever it is, whatever it is, have we addressed it? And then number two, again, where do you fit into my destiny? If you are the type of person 
who was constantly trying to keep me from doing what I was born to do, I probably was going to dump you anyway because you were getting on my nerves. Um, so, but that's me. That's just how I look at it. That's me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Let me so let me ask you this. I got I actually because I got a question today that actually kind of goes along uh, with this topic, and I didn't even tell the person I'm gonna read this, but I'm gonna read it anyway. So somebody actually inboxed me a question today that kind of goes um, that kind of goes with this topic, and it asked. Hold on, where is it? Uh, when men get hurt, why do they shut down and usually don't give women second chances, whereas women are a million times more likely to give a man second and third chances, no matter how much he cares about her and is hurt behind them not being together. If he hurts her, okay, they got to get over it. If she hurts him, he won't look at her, look her way again, and it's done. Um and so I was asked that question today. And and truthfully, I answered, I think, pretty truthfully, and that is that I think that that's actually pretty correct in a lot of instances because men's egos are completely different than women. And, like, our ego sometimes will get in the way of us making making that decision. And if you hurt us to a certain extent, we don't recover. We don't recover easily. And so I think that has a lot for us. If you hit the wrong spot, in, in the male ego, we don't just bounce back. We don't bounce back. Sometimes it can take months. It can take years. It can be never that we will come back because, again, we think to us that's like the ultimate betrayal. And once you, like, hit the ultimate betrayal button, like like you said, Q, it's, it's a wrap. It's like the point of no return. You have, you have, you know, you have entered into the abyss of never coming back again. I don't care what you do. And that's just how we are. I don't know, how to, you know. I don't know how to get past. I don't know how to tell you how to get past it, except for know where his spot is and don't go into it. That's the best I can say. That's the best I can tell you is don't, don't like, don't go to that spot. Don't spot. Don't go to that spot. So, what are your thoughts about that? Because of you, you agree with me? You disagree? Uh, I agree. I just want to add in there that you know, with me personally, and I, I know other folks that are like this. A lot of men don't really have outlets like that to, you know, when they are down or hurt or anything like that to pour in and get something back out that, you know, like like girls can turn to they, they girls. You know what I mean? Be like, he hurt me and crying and then the girls will be, girl, it's all right. And they pat you on the back. Well, that conversation is a little different with dudes. A dude comes to his guys and hit them with the, man. She dumped me and it's automatically. Man, if you don't quit talking about that bitch, who cares? Blah blah blah, and everything is ran down like that. That's just the way it is. I didn't make the rules. That's just how it goes. Now, when you know a young man is hurt and he feels that he don't have nobody to turn to and talk to about it, what happens is is the bottle up effect. And when that bottle gets shook up and the top come off, there it is. You got soda pop everywhere on the floor. And that's exactly how it goes. Like, Country. you know, like real talk, <laughs> a lot of times we, mm-hmm. we really don't have an outlet as men because, you know, our stigma of men ain't supposed to have no feelings, men ain't supposed to, you know what I mean? All the silliness that really ain't true, but people push that agenda and, and abide by it so tough 
that, you know, when you do show emotions or feelings, it's like, then you didn't garner new names. So, I mean, it's tough being a dude at times. But at the same time, you know, we wear the uniform well. It is what it is. But, yeah, I agree again, with real, real quick, if you are listening again online or if you're listening by phone, remember, or excuse me, listening online, you can call in with your questions or comments at 929-477-2304. That's 929-477-2304. And press the number one that lets us know that you have a question or comment. So, again, it's 929-477-2304. 929-477-2304. Press the number one that lets us know that you have a question or a comment. And since I get asked this quite often, you do not have to give your name. Um, you can just make your question, make your comment a question. Um, you don't, or say your yeah, make your statement or give your question. Um, so again, nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. If you have a question or a comment, um, uh, Keisha. So so let me. So from your point of view, do you think that um, that second chances are healthy um, to do, or I mean, from a I mean, give me, give me the, look, look, psychology, me, even though that's just not a, a very um, appropriate oh, sentence psychology. that I just made, but psychology, me, mm-hmm. um, tell me from, what, from a, I mean, is that healthy is to do to keep giving people chances after chance after they, after they've shown Whoa, they hurt see, you or what's your thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, go that ahead. That was different. A second chance means an opportunity to redeem yourself. When you say chance after chance, that's something whole other else different. When you're talking about uh, building relationships or building anything, we have to accept the fact that there is no perfect human and some mistakes are going to be made. And so giving a person the opportunity to redeem themselves is healthy. But that's once. When you do it over and over and over again, you have definitely proven that it is not a mistake, it's a choice. And at that point, you have to decide whether – you sticking to your standard or you just going to, you know, allow this to continue. And that's where you draw the line between healthy and unhealthy. Um, Healthy always allows for redemption. If I mess up in one area and I redeem myself and then I mess up in a different area, that's human error. So I'm giving you the opportunity to fix the problem. And if you're doing right and you're doing what it takes to fix the problem, then it was worth it in the end. Whereas, if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, oh, he did this, he did that, and it's all, rela- all related to the same thing, or she did this, she did that, and it's all related to the same thing. She happened to move all of my money out of my account to hers. This is not the first time it happened, and I'm getting fed up with this. It's what if, yeah, yeah, that what if that's on your mind might be the truth. You know what I mean? So you have to pay attention to consistent behaviors over time, and that, that becomes character. You know what I mean? That, that's who that person is. And so no, I wouldn't say oh, time after time, no. Once, yes, it's good for the soul. Even if they prove you wrong, you learn to, because, again, there's no losses, always lessons. You know what I'm saying? You learn to discern in the future and to trust yourself more. You know what I'm saying? If you gave them the chance and then they screwed it up again, now you know. The first time, it was already ironclad. I went against, you know, my grain to accept this. And now I won't accept it anymore. So take the lesson in that. Like, that's just, yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. You did. Okay. Kid, what do you think? 
I think that yeah, I don't I don't think if we're doing the same things over and over again then that's healthy. I don't I don't think that's healthy. I think that um Yeah, I think people make mistakes. And depending upon the the trials and things that you've gone through in your relationship, it it can determine your level of ability to can um based on your situation. Because I think often when you're put in different situations, you test you. So when you are in a situation and say you've gone through something together and someone reacted in a way that was not in the character that that you're used to, that you're accustomed to, and that results in something that ends you for that moment. You know, you reacted in a way and and it's done. You can then at that point step back at sometimes and see, okay, I can see how this particular situation took you outside of yourself, me outside of myself, and we're here. Those types of things I think are easier to forgive and come back to a middle ground because you can see how it's, it's understandable there's a, relatab- a relatability to it. Um, I think there are times when that you are directly offended, when there is some pain that's inflicted and it is on, solely one-sided, Um that it can get harder and harder to do that, especially if it's like a repeat offense. And I can get where a person would not want to do that continuously. And I don't, and I, and I think that would be a self-care moment because some people, my mom used to call it self-suffering. Some people need that type of thing, and it's one of those things where they feel that they they give lots of chances. And some people are just built that way. I think the world is blessed because of those types of people that can continue to forgive and move on and have that tough skin and say, you know, okay, I'm a, it's cool. I get it. You know, we're human. And then some people do not have that at all. You know, you get, you hit your deal breakers, you got that one and done and we're, and we are good. And like Wynn said, I think, you know, those communication, you need to know what those triggers are for your people before you go into those relationships with them, because it can cause some things that you can't come back from. But as far as multiple chances for multiple things, I don't, I don't know. Those are situational. I, I'm always reluctant to paint with broad brushes in those types of situations because, you know, I know I've been in, in my marriage for more than a decade, and the, the things that we've gone through just as individually, myself and then himself, and then to collectively as a couple, we've been through some things. So I can't imagine what another couple may have gone through, and 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 I can't sit here and begin to tell them, oh, well, he did that that many times, and you took him back? Girl, that's too many times. Like, Man, you let her do that. I don't know what the details surrounding your situation were that caused you to feel all right with taking that person back or allowing that person back in for whatever time you did that. You know, I I don't feel comfortable in that situation, and I would hope someone wouldn't feel comfortable speaking into my situation that way without all of that information. So okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there since we mm-hmm. we talked. I'm going there. So – so the, the statement was made, which I think don't confuse mistakes and character flaws um, with character flaws, and I think that's a, that's actually true. However, I think we have a difficult time delineating between the two because I think what we're saying is, like you said, that there are certain things in each, that each person can deal with um, that we can kind of get over, but then there are certain things that we can't. How do we know, for example – if the difference, if something like infidelity is a mistake or a character flaw, I mean, how do we know that, you know, the difference? Because, you know, you, you, you have a smart mouth. Is that, you know what I mean? Is that a mistake or is that a, and cussing me out and talking about my mama, is character that a mistake? Flaw. 
or is that a character? You know what I mean? So it's like how do we really delineate between the two to know whether or not this is something that we should or shouldn't? And somebody else brings – and I'll, no, I'll, wait for, I'll wait till later to bring up. Well, no, I'm bringing up. The second part of that is um, another thing that somebody brought up, which is how do we – how do we – um, put because somebody brought up on on the post. They said, "Well, what if God does the same thing to us?" So how do we then marry or um, our understanding of I don't want to use the word agape, but the quote unquote the love of God into this scenario? I guess I'm trying to figure out how to ask that question, but I think y'all get what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Um. To Keisha. Thank you. What I do now? Appreciate that. Huh? I'm just I'm just starting with you because because I heard um, the whale the the wheels um, going in Q's brain and I heard Rashad give me a mm. so I just, <laughs> okay, well, I, you must not have heard <laughs> me because I so that I paused on the, what, Go ahead. what was the question? Y'all, you got to restate the question for me, D. So I was saying, so how do we know the difference between character flaws versus, yeah, like how do we know if it's a character flaw versus, you know, that's just, you know, it was a mistake. It was a character flaw versus, a you know, a mistake. And then how do we marry this whole, because somebody said, what if God, how, if God would treat us like that, you know, and not give us a second Okay, first of all, we ain't God. Just I, stop and it. So, so my question is, how do we marry those together? I mean, forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Um, on that note, the the God side we ain't, and so that He forgives us. He's God. He's going to forgive us because He can see our heart. Most most people can't see their heart because they're too infatuated and love blinded by possibilities. Sitting there writing their name with the other person's last name or that picking out rings and doing things like that 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 try to make something of a temporary permanent. Now. That's where that part comes from. The other side, on the forgiveness thing, like, I still think that if it's something that you do and you attempt, even though I'm telling you it's a problem, and you try to justify it, that's a yellow flag. That's a slow down. But then if you do it again consistently, that is character. That's something that you believe in, that you, you you really don't see it as being wrong. You know what I'm saying? A, a mistake is something that somebody does unbeknownst to themselves that actually has a negative effect to you. Like if they um, petty toilet paper, you know what I'm saying? Like stop doing the tissue like this. This is getting on my nerves. And they make a real attempt. Now, this is real, that was a real petty example, but you get what I'm saying. And they make the attempt to change it. And that's just that. Then that's that was not a part of who they really are. Versus, they put it that way. You say something to them, and they keep putting it that way. Well, if you want to change, then you change it yourself. That means that this is just how this person feels about it, and they don't intend to do anything to remedy that situation. Hopefully, that makes sense. Yeah, what you think? Um. I think that you know we know the difference in what's what what what's uh what's good and bad all the time anyway, so when it comes down to something that you know you wouldn't accept for yourself, 
nine times out of ten, then it's probably not what you want to do. And and that's just how I really look at it is that, you know, we know good and well what we will and won't accept for ourselves, but we're always willing to give somebody a bowl of crap and then and make excuse for it. And it's like, so would you accept that? Would you let somebody treat you like that? And the answer is always no. So why is it okay for you to treat somebody like that and them not catch a tube or them not say something and be upset? Like, And that's the thing, man. We got to remember anything that, you know, we don't want done to us, then we need to stop doing it to other people. And if you can cut the button off on it, then nine times out of ten, it's probably something that you're doing and it's, you know, like, I mean, talking smart, you don't have to talk smart. It's just something that, you know, you got accustomed to and somebody thought it was okay to get past with and now you're wearing it as a badge of honor as that's me, that's just me. I mean, well, if I coach myself to keep telling myself I'm petty, guess what? That's me, that's me. So, I mean, it's pretty much all in how you cheerlead yourself and we cheerlead ourselves down the road of mess and then when we get mess in return, it's like, how you didn't know that that's what was going to happen? I mean, you're coaching yourself into it. You believe in it. You're standing by it. So if you believe in it and you're standing by it, it ain't got no choice but to be what it is. Okay. <clears throat> Q, what do you think? To, to me, to know, the difference in if, if it's being like it's, like what you said, if she cusses, you know, you're I'm not going to go into the infidelity one because there are so many different variables that I don't believe infidelity is ever a black and white issue. So I'm 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 going to choose the fussing back and forth with the parent because that's one I can tie up quickly. Like if if every interaction you have with my mother is short, is is snippy, is rude, is 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 unnecessarily out of your way, disrespectful, then that's a character flaw. I'm realizing that you have a tact issue. You may or may not know how to talk to people, and that's a problem. If my mom has been coming at you, if it's been a tense situation, we it's Christmas dinner, everybody's rushing to get stuff going, and for whatever reason, y'all snap at each other in the kitchen because something burned or whatever the case may be, that tension got high. Y'all, you know, y'all might not talk again until Valentine's Day. Cool. But, you know what I mean, that those are situations I feel that you should be willing to forgive. And if that's your, if your wife goes off on your mama in the kitchen on Christmas and y'all, everybody falls out, I think that those should be situations that you should get over and not go to the extremes of saying, oh, well, you always going off on my mama when I'm not always going off on your mama. That's not what happened. These things have been going on. We've been talking to each other nonstop for the past two weeks, planning this dinner. I have not talked to your mama this much in the last two in the last six months, and now I'm dealing with her for every day for the last two months. We are sick of each other. We are now here within the close close quarters. She left the cranberry sauce on her counter, and I left the rolls on mine, and now we haven't worked. So, no, I do. I respect and love your mama. I don't want to be going back and forth with your mama in the kitchen on Christmas, but this is where we are. You know what I mean? Like, those are things. That it's not a, oh, every time we ever got into it, you always is that or the other. Those things, I think, are what blow things out of proportion and make it harder to forgive. And then we start inflicting. Then we start creating character flaws in people based on how we have been made to feel in that moment. Now, all of a sudden, you're always this, you're always that based on how you've made me feel right now. 
So now we react as though it's a character flaw in that person when, no, this is just an isolated situation where I'm acting out of character. And because it makes you feel such some type of way because this is so not me, now you want to make it, you're going to recall every time that I've ever, ever possibly done this to you, and now it's all accumulating into this one space. And I think sometimes that's how we get so off the mark, and we sometimes end relationships that we shouldn't, and then we end up playing that unnecessary back and forth game because we've done, we made rash decisions. So yeah, we're gonna come back. We're gonna keep doing this back and forth because we have not yet come to a maturity level where we can say enough is enough. Let's deal with this in this space right here where we're still bringing up all of the old things that we haven't dealt with before. So I think that's one of those things that causes forgiveness to get all kinds of detours in the way because we don't know how to thoroughly deal with the situation so that we can move on and compartmentalize it into that one space. We don't do that well. As people, I've noticed, that's just not where we're at right now. <laughs> I hope that answered your question. We had quite a bit going on through that, through yeah. that combo. Yeah. So I, I was sitting there thinking, trying to really think about how to respond to that question. And, and what I came up with is I think that you should – like everything you guys said is, is accurate in terms of second chances, but I was thinking that that the second chances should only be given. I think if a person, if a person's heart is healed, if their mind is ready to forgive, and their spirit is really open to reconciling, because second chances, third chances, however, take intentional and they're hard because when you give somebody a second chance, you've got to remember, well, every time something happens that reminds you of what happened for a while, it's going to remind you of what happened. And so you've got to be in a position where you are comfortable, not comfortable, but you're strong enough to say, to be able to kind of work with yourself and say, listen, that was the past. I'm not going to stay there. I have, we have, I've, I've made a decision to move forward, and I'm healed from that. Not that you know, I've forgiven him or her from that. And it doesn't mean again that you don't that it's not hard, and it doesn't mean that it's not a struggle. But what it means is that you've determined that even though this hurts, even though this was painful, even though something happened to you or you did. 